Now, everybody talks about the weather. That partial quote has been attributed to Mark Twain, but in reality, the credit goes to a friend of Mark Twain's and a fellow writer named Charles Dudley Warner, who was an editor of a, of a newspaper. And this partial quote speaks to a truth. Everybody talks about the weather because I guess the most common topic of small talk has to be the weather. And so today we're going to talk about the weather. The weather may be small talk, but it can lead to some pretty big fights. Take a look at this argument that these two children got into. Let's break on. No, it's raining. No. Hey, it's raining. No, it's raining. No, it's raining. No, it's raining. My mom told me it's raining. It was raining. No. Yes, my, it is. No, my mom told me it was wiggling, not yes. raining. No, my mom said it is raining. No, my mom told me it was wiggling. Because my mom did say it's raining. No, my mom said it's raining. My mom said it's raining. It's raining. My, my mom. My mom. We're not too different from these kids, are we? We do argue about some simple things. Climate change, no climate change. Or there is climate change, but it's not caused by human activity. Oh, yes, it is caused by human activity. Yeah. And today, we're going to tackle a question over which there may be some argument. And I don't want to poke anybody's heart today. But it is a question that I want to ask, and I want us to consider it today. And that question is, does God control the weather? Does God control the weather? What do you think? Yes or no? Do you ever pray about the weather? Did you pray for warm weather on spring break? How'd that work out for you? There's obviously nothing wrong with praying for good weather on spring break, but it does bring up some legitimate questions. If God could and would arrange for good weather on spring break, why would he not arrange for hurricanes and tornadoes to avoid heavily populated areas? 
Why would he not arrange for monsoons to stop before it resulted in a devastating flood? Why would he not arrange for rain to fall on a drought-stricken farm? As you look at these pictures of extreme weather events and think about the one that was most recent to us and uh, for us and close to us, the Joplin tornado of May 22nd, 2011, in which 138 lives were taken, including 13 kids. And ask, did God do this? Is God really in control of this? The actor Kirk Cameron said, weather is sent to cause us to respond to God in humility, in awe, and in repentance. So how about it? Is, is Kirk Cameron correct? He certainly does have a literal reading of Scripture on his side. Take a look at some of the many thousands, really. I think somebody has counted like there are 1,400 Scripture verses indicating that God does control the weather. Now wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It scattered them up two cubits deep all around the camp. God sent the quail through the wind. He let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain, brings out the wind from his storehouses. And in the story of Noah's and the flood, I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. So as you hear those verses and read those verses and think about those verses, is it case closed? Well, that is certainly the view of many people. But that's what Scripture says, so that's the way it is. Some of you may know John Calvin. He's the founder of the Presbyterian Church. And he said years ago, and not one drop of rain falls without God's sure command. Likewise, no wind ever arises or increases except by God's express command. Now, that view did not die when John Calvin died in 1564. On the afternoon of May 20, 2013, an EF5 tornado ripped through Moore, Oklahoma, killing 24 people, including seven children, who were at Plaza Towers Elementary School. When asked about the theological implications of that tornado, they were discussing, did God cause it, or did God just allow it, or what role did God have in that tornado Stephen Earp, the pastor of Elevate Church, said this. To say that God merely allows bad things to happen is to risk losing sight of divine sovereignty. It may not feel right or even holy to suggest God is responsible in the face of disaster, but the Bible does not shrink away from the fact that God is sovereignly responsible. And then he said this. We don't know the reason he didn't, did not prevent this particular tragedy, but he is still God, he is still good, and we can still trust him. 
So the view of John Calvin continues to be held by many, many of you possibly hold that view as well, that God is definitely in control of the weather and God is responsible for the consequences of this. There may be secondary causes of weather events, but the primary cause, according to this view, is God. Maybe you've heard preachers at one time or another Oh, explain that weather, bad weather is a result of sin. And because of the sin of a community, God whips up this wind and punishes the people with these storms. 1994, an EF4 tornado collapsed the roof of the Goshen United Methodist Church in Piedmont, Alabama. It was during Palm Sunday's service. Twenty worshipers were killed, including Hannah Clem, the four-year-old daughter of the pastor of that church, Kelly Clem. Kelly's husband, Dale, and Kelly were absolutely understandably devastated. And salt was poured into the wound when the week following, Dale was going through the mail, and he opened up a letter from someone who had attributed this horrible tornado and the death, not just of the other people, but of Dale and Kelly's daughter, to God's anger over churches who have women pastors. The note said, God does not like women pretending to preach the holy word of God. In 2004, the day after Christmas, an earthquake of an, of an estimated 9.0 magnitude triggered a gigantic tsunami in the Indian Ocean, and it, it killed over 230,000 people in South and Southeast Asia. Prominent evangelical theologian and president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and those of you who are new to the venues, uh, my background is Southern Baptist. I was Southern Baptist dad uh, pastor, and I pastored Southern Baptist churches and trained in Southern Baptist institutions. So the times that I mention a Southern Baptist leader, it means something to me. And since I know that denomination, still love that denomination, though, although I'm kind of pissed off with it. <laughs> it uh, our families are still very much connected to it. And so I, I care about what's going on there. But Dr. Moeller called on Christians to unite and give humanitarian aid. But then he added in his writing that Christians must not hesitate to affirm divine, and I quote here, involvement in such tragedies. Don't hesitate, he says, to assign the responsibility to God for these tragedies. And the basis of that, he says, is the Bible. He says the Bible teaches there's one or molecule in the entire cosmos that is not under the sovereign rule of God. So you all may have this view. It's a very... Uh, prominent view. 
uh, I would say that most evangelicals, 90 plus percent, would believe this view, have this view. So that may be your story as well. And then with this view, all of the weather and the consequences of weather rests upon God. I was taught that view. And it was almost like if you are a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, born-again Christian, then you're going to believe and you're going to agree and you're going to have the position that God is the divine weatherman. So if that's true and God does control the weather, then we have to ask ourselves the question, is God responsible for the devastation and the death that often comes with bad weather. Not chance, it's not Mother Nature, but it all rests on God. The view that God is in absolute control of everything, including the weather, is honestly a great comfort to some people. People had rather have the belief and have the understanding that an omnipotent, all-powerful God is in control rather than believe that these storms just happen randomly. But there's another view. The other view sees that these biblical references, they take the scripture very uh, seriously, but not literally. And this view, those who hold this view, see that these references to, to God as a divine weatherman are reflective of the culture of that day. They're not reflective of reality, but they reflect the views and the understanding in a pre-scientific world. We all know these characters. There's Zeus and Thor and Poseidon and Notas and Animoi. Zeus is in charge of flooding, Thor in charge of thunder, Poseidon in charge of the sea, Natas in charge of the rains and then the wind. And ancient people believed that the weather, just like everything else that happened on earth, was a result of divine activity. Dr. Clint Corcoran, who is the head of the religious department and philosophy department at High Point University, says that in ancient times, all meteorological forces And each direction of the wind had a name and was worshipped as a god. So again, with this view that I'm talking about now, people see these references in Scripture to God as being in complete control as a reflection of the time and the culture of the people, not a reflection of the way things actually are. In fact, the Bible as a sacred book, fits in with other sacred books in understanding and presenting God as in control. We all know the story of the flood. It's in the Hebrew uh, scripture, uh, starting in Genesis chapter 6. Well, there are other sacred writings from people in the same time frame, the Sumerians, the Mesopotamians and the Babylonians all have their sacred writings in which they have story of a flood to which they assign responsibility 
to a God, that God was in charge of the weather, that God was in charge of that particular storm. But then, as science became more sophisticated and people began to see things a little bit differently and our understanding of cause and effect changed and we began to, to think that, well, it wasn't created, this weather event, by Zeus or by this Babylonian god or by this Hebrew god named Yahweh, but the reason this town flooded was because the people weren't too smart in building the dam above the town. It wasn't really God that did that. It was just random, and it was people. So, in this view, what is God's role with the weather? If God doesn't control the weather, then what role does God have? And you could almost ask that, well, if God doesn't control sickness, what role is God having sickness when we are in pain like that? Maybe some of you all have heard of Rabbi Harold Kushner. He wrote, when bad things happened to good people back in 1981, after his 13-year-old son died of an incurable disease. And Rabbi Kushner says this, you know, people would like to believe that somebody is in control of the world. It gives us comfort, and I get that. But his response, he says, is that if there is, he's not doing a very good job. <laughs> that sounds sacrilegious, but I've thought that too. Yeah. So instead of a God who is in control of every molecule, of every atom, of every movement, of everything that happens upon the planet, there is a God who is benevolent. Rabbi Kushner says that in his understanding, you can't have an all-powerful God and an all-loving God. And so he says his understanding of God is that God is all-loving. He is benevolent. And he's not all-powerful. So he chose to believe that God was benevolent, stating that while God cannot prevent the suffering, God can help us endure the suffering. And there's some truth to that, isn't there? Anybody who's faced a disease, anybody who's faced the issues of the body deteriorating and the diseases ravaging the body, we've all prayed for prevention and for deliverance. And those prayers are not always answered. An all-powerful God can do it. But why doesn't an all-powerful God, who's also all-loving, then do that? Well, it's because we have sin in our life, okay? Or because they don't pray. They don't pray enough. And if we would just pray more, and if I could just get more people to pray with me for that, then God would answer. So how many people does it take? 
would God say, you only had 10 people praying with you. If you would have had one more, I would have answered. We always liked to go to the lake when our boys were young and their grandparents in Tyler, Texas had a place at the lake and I was thinking about this concept of God as the divine parent and uh, and if God is a divine parent, I would think God would be a better parent than I, not a worse parent than I. But if God is a divine parent, only intervenes when I'm sincere or when I pray hard enough, that's not much of a parent. I can't imagine Devin being out in the lake, Lake Palestine and outside of Tyler and uh, cramping up and he's going under and he's drowning and I, I'm on the dock and I see him and I see that he's struggling I see his head go under and his head pop back up and I see his hand waving and I just stand on the dock. Well, Philip, why don't you as a parent jump in and save him? Well, Devin hasn't asked me to. He has to pray first. Those kind of questions... I was not allowed to ask. But now I think it's wrong not to ask. Because I thought him. And it is making me reframe my understanding of God, not to lessen who God is, but to clarify who God is. And it is to the result of my journey on this has not been a weakened faith in God. It has become a stronger faith in God. I had a hard time trusting a God who had the power to do something but chose not to. Who had the power to intervene and to redirect a storm but chose not to. And I didn't buy, well, we just don't understand his way. Well, his ways suck. I'm a parent. I wouldn't do that to my children. I don't think God would either. So I respect and I appreciate Rabbi Kushner, and I'm trying to go on that journey and to know where I stand on this good question, does God control the weather? Rabbi, I got way off my notes right there. Rabbi Kushner said, God is kind and fair and loving and moral. Nature is not. But in those times that nature gives us a bad hand, God is present. God is a benevolent God who helps us endure. And that's what I'm wanting to hold on to at this stage of my life. One of the things that bothers me a little bit about this question, about this concept, is that sometimes those who lean toward a God is in control of the weather use that as an excuse not to get involved in doing things 
to help the planet, to mitigate climate change. There was one politician uh, on the campaign trail who made this comment to his constituents. As a Christian, I believe that there is a creator God who is much bigger than us. And I'm confident that if there's a real problem, God can take care of it. And there's the idea that I don't have to do anything because God can take care of it. God's in control. I don't have to worry about the climate. I don't have to worry about uh, recycling. I don't have to worry about being responsible. I don't have to be a good steward of the planet. It's God's. He's got this. I've got a problem with that. Well, speaking of this side or that side, maybe there's a view that can unite us. St. Augustine, who lived from 354 to 430 in the Common Era, said the church consists in a state of communion with the whole world. I like that. I'm amazed that St. Augustine was able to grasp that, that we are in communion with all the world. Llewellyn Bonley, who is a Sufi uh, a philosopher, said the world is not a problem to be solved. It is a living being to which we belong. The world is part of our own self, and we are a part of its suffering wholeness. I think the two thinkers, philosophers, would agree. So we can discuss and we can debate the question, does God control the weather, and we may never agree. But maybe we can agree with these two philosophers, theologians, that we are in some way connected to the creation. And God is present in it and through it. God is present in and through us, and we have a connection, and therefore we have a responsibility. And in this connection... We hear the calling to heal the world and to bring the planet back to a balance. So you all can go home and have your lunch and you can argue over does God control the weather. <laughs> there are two very distinct views. Yes, God does control the weather. God is responsible for all of the weather and all of the consequences. And there is a view that says God does not control the weather, but God is present in all of our pain, whether it's related to the weather or whatever. And there's a third view that maybe both sides can come together and join together and be responsible in our connection to this planet. 